The next thing I know is I wake up and I just remember like something bad happened to me last night. Somebody hurt me. This is Carrie Lowe's story. Carrie did everything, quote unquote, right. She reported right away. Her legal team says police systematically mishandled her case. Meanwhile, her attackers remain at large. I'm Maggie Rahr, and this is Carrie Lowe versus. Available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC podcast. Hello, I'm Matt Galloway, and this is The Current Podcast. If you ask any mayor in Canada what their city is struggling with, housing and homelessness will be high, if not at the top of that list. Mayors from Canada's biggest cities met in Ottawa this week and demanded that the federal government invest in infrastructure to get more housing built. The Big City Mayor's Caucus says that investment is needed urgently. Mike Savage is the mayor of Halifax and chair of the Big City Mayor's Caucus. Patrick Brown is the mayor of Brampton, Ontario. And Brenda Locke is the mayor of Surrey, British Columbia. They all join us now to talk about their cities and what they're up against. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good Good morning. Mayor Savage, uh, you have said that the average new housing unit in Canada needs $107,000 of associated infrastructure. Can you explain what that means? People think about building housing and they're building a condo or they're building a house. Um, Tell me about this $107,000. Well, this was a study that was recently completed uh, by FCM, the Federation of Canadian Municipalities. uh, And that's what it shows, that the average housing unit in Canada requires $107,000 of municipal. That's just municipal infrastructure. People move into a house, they expect water to come out of the tap, they expect transit, they expect a place for their kids to play, and it's 107000 You know, my first house didn't cost $107,000, um, but with the escalating costs, with interest rates, with supply chain issues and labor force issues, it's expensive. And we, you know, everybody wants housing, uh, but we all have to share in the cost of providing the services that that housing needs. So where does that leave a city like yours in trying to meet the housing needs? Halifax is growing. I know, I know this personally. The, the cost of housing is going up significantly, uh, and people are scrambling in, in Halifax to find affordable housing. Given that extra $107,000 associated with each unit, where does that leave you in trying to meet your housing needs? Well, it leaves us in a very tough position. Um, you know, we have tons of housing that is approved. We have many, many th- hundreds of thousands of units that are basically uh, ready for development. Um, but we can't afford all of the infrastructure that's required to do that. The federal government, through the Housing Accelerator Fund in particular, wants to accelerate housing. The provincial government wants to accelerate housing. Both the federal and provincial governments are benefiting greatly these days from increased population. That population is in our cities. And so they're getting extra money, but the fact is cities are not. Mm. And uh, we need a a more fair way. We're calling for a new municipal growth framework uh, to work with other orders of government so that we can share that uh, goal that we all share. Mayor Patrick Brown, what's the housing situation like in Brampton? Well, we have a housing crisis. A lot of people in the GTA in in Brampton can't even dream of owning a home. Um, And so you're seeing the problem compounded. Not to mention right now our shelter system is at... 400% 400% capacity in Peel. Um, you know, we have asylum claimants that have gone from 2% of our shelter to in the 80% range. And so, you know, we are struggling with housing, with homelessness, uh, uh, with our shelter system. There was a story in the paper, one of the papers this week, about rooming houses in Brampton, people living 15 people in one house. And uh, some of the landlords charging $450 if you wanted to sleep in the kitchen. What's going on? 
Yeah, we've seen, um, and this is largely centered around international students. And in Brampton, we have probably the highest international student population in the country. Of course, this is regulated by senior levels of, of government, but it's become a cash cow for colleges, universities, private career colleges. Um, and they will charge 20000 for tuition, but there's no housing plan. And so it, what it means is you see international students being taken advantage of living in horrible, unsafe conditions. And it's it's why, you know, I was very relieved when the federal government announced a freeze on this program so they can determine how to fix it. Mm. Brenda Locke, how would you describe the need for new housing in Surrey? Surrey is one of the fastest growing cities in this entire country. Absolutely. And uh, likewise with... Uh, Patrick and, and Mike's comments. The pressure points on cities right now is enormous. On the city of Surrey, we have uh, in British Columbia on the west coast, we have the most uh, uh, urban indigenous population. We have the largest uh, number of, of newcomers coming to uh, British Columbia come to Surrey. And so uh, the pressure points are incredible. Average house price in in Surrey is about $1.4 million, uh, just completely unaffordable. Our rental stock is very low, and uh, likewise, we have people uh, renting hallways uh, for, for sleeping arrangements. We have 15 to 20 people in a two-bedroom um, basement suites. It's uh, The pressure points are incredible. And then you compound that with the uh, homelessness issue, and the uh, challenges that cities face are, are uh, really quite incredible. What specifically are you looking for, Mayor Locke, from the federal government? Again, big city mayors met and demanded this infrastructure uh, investment. For your city, what specifically do you need? Well, we certainly need more um, more uh, help with uh, new immigrants. We absolutely need that. We need, um, we need more help with infrastructure. Infrastructure is, for us, the absolute key. Um, we are, most of our infrastructure, though, by the way, is provincial. So we need more health care. We need more hospital. Um, we need more schools. Our schools are overcrowded. We have portable washrooms now. 83,000 children in our school system and uh, 400 portables. We need, we need uh, a lot of assistance. Pierre Polyev, as you'll know, the leader of the Federal Conservative Party, says that it's municipalities like yours that are actually standing in the way of housing being built, that making it more difficult to build homes. He says that if he becomes the prime minister, he would withhold transit and infrastructure funding to cities that don't meet housing targets, that he will punish those who don't build housing. Mike Savage, are you a gatekeeper that's preventing housing from being built in Halifax? Well, we're not uh, here to be confrontational with anybody. FCM well, he, he's, he's put it right across the table saying that you're the ones who are responsible for housing not being built. I don't know that. Yeah. And so I know Pierre. I served in the House of Commons as Patrick did with Pierre. And, uh, but I'm not here to challenge other orders of uh, government um, on anything other than the fact that we should sit down, talk about these issues. Uh, we're not whining. Uh, we're just stating the fact that the growth of Canada, if it's going to grow by over a million people a year, that growth is largely coming to the biggest cities. And that growth has to be paid for. We all want the growth. But all we're saying is let's have a talk about the framework. So we're not asking for increased taxes. We're saying let's link the growth of our cities to the revenue that our provincial and federal governments are getting uh, so that we can get a fair share because you simply cannot allow people to come to Canada and not be housed. We all want that. And I think all of us would show cases where we have, we've all gone through public hearings where lots of people didn't want 
development in their neighborhoods, but we, we approved it because we knew we needed it. We've been on transit-oriented development and the need for affordable housing for many years um, before provincial or federal governments mm. uh, really came to the, to, to the table. So what we're saying is let's talk about those things we agree on and find a way to fund them. Patrick Brown, what would it mean if uh, federal funding for transit and infrastructure was withheld from your city because you didn't meet housing targets? This is the proposal that Pierre Poilievre yeah, has put so- forward. So I think his comments speak to the fact that we need to educate him on how, how housing is built in, in Canada. He doesn't seem to have a, a, a handle on it. Um, largely, the federal government hasn't been significantly present when it comes to housing construction. It, it generally has been a municipal-provincial relationship. And every political party, you know, liberals, conservatives before them, um, have largely been absent until recently. Now we're starting to get a little bit of, of funding to, to help. Um, but if they want to build housing, want to make housing easier to build, then be present, um, be part of the solution. You know, I hear Pierre Pauliev, I hear Sean Fraser talking about transit-oriented housing. In Brampton, I haven't had a significant federal transit announcement since 2008. Mm. You know, if, if you want to build housing, give us funds to help build housing, because right now, everything is being downloaded to municipalities. It was never our responsibility to uh, to fund um, uh, hospitals. We have to pay 10% local share right now. Um, funding for asylum claimants, which is generally a federal immigration responsibility, left, right, and center, we are inheriting costs downloaded to us. So the federal government wanted to help build housing, they have to be present. And, and I think Pierre, frankly, is naive to the understanding of, of the role the federal government or lack of role the federal government has played in this. I told the court that I'm wrong to imprison. Mr. There's too much being hid from you. There's too much. He was one small man in a giant wheel caught. Well, I do wish to say that it's official that I'm wrongfully imprisoned right now. Uncover, season seven. Dead wrong. I asked him if he killed people. He said yes, and I'd be next. Available on CBC Listen and wherever you get your podcasts. Brenda Locke, the federal government last week was in British Columbia, well, the prime minister was in British Columbia, and through the federal government uh, promised $2 billion toward affordable housing in British Columbia. What, big, what kind of a difference is that going to make in a city like yours, do you think? Well, you know, I'm I'm glad that the uh, prime minister came, and I'm glad that uh, he offered uh, money for housing. Um, it is uh, it's much more than just housing. It is truly for us uh, the infrastructure, and we all need um, to see that put into uh, into our cities. Um, I just is, is that uh, I just, is that two billion dollars going to address though what Patrick Brown has said that the the federal government needs to be more involved. They needs to get back into the housing game in municipalities. Absolutely, they do. And will $2 billion make a difference? It'll make some difference. It won't make a a massive difference. I will say that I appreciate that the federal government uh, has direct relationship with with, uh, local government, and and I hope that uh, that uh, is maintained because... um, like Patrick said, um, the uh, it's very naive of uh, Mr. Poliev to come out and, and make the comments that he did because the rubber hits the road at the local government level. We're the ones that uh, are the are the end result of of massive immigration targets and and international student issues, and we have to uh, produce and and uh, make sure that our our communities are built and built in. Safe way. Mike Savage, for Canadians who desperately need housing that they can afford and they want leaders to make it happen like yesterday, um, what do you say to them about 
because it feels like there's some finger pointing going on between various levels of government. What do you say to those Canadians who are like, stop with the fighting, get on with the building? I would say welcome, welcome to the club, because that's what we're asking for. <laughs> you know, I, it really is. You know, we, we haven't had, in this province, we haven't had significant investment in public housing uh, in decades. We haven't had a national housing strategy from the early 1990s until 2018 or, or 19. There's a lot of catching up to do. Uh, and yeah, we all need help. But, you know, it's not, we, we can't, pointing fingers is absolutely not helpful. And that's not the style of, uh, of mayors. By our very nature, we are collaborators and we're problem solvers. Um, we want to make sure that as we meet this housing crisis, we're not just building units where we can store people, but we're building communities where people can live. Mm. And that means infrastructure and that means parks and that means a whole bunch. This is an opportunity for us to get this right. And the only way to get it right is to all come to the table and say, look, let's figure this out together. In the absence of that, there are five encampments uh, in Halifax that on Monday were meant to be cleared out from one in front of City Hall, for example. The city decided not to enforce that deadline. What happened? Well, I don't agree with the term clear the encampments. What we've always said, we allowed encampments in this city on a temporary basis because people had no place else to go. And uh, under Section 7 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, people have a right to camp in public land unless you can provide them more suitable housing. So we not only uh, allowed them, we provided power and support to the folks who needed that. We now have worked with our provincial government to provide services that people need, uh, shelter or housing that suits their individual needs. And so uh, it's a very human rights-based approach. But the deadline was for people to leave those encampments. We gave a deadline of uh, a date of Monday, and what that did was it allowed us to focus all of our efforts, not just the province and you know the municipality. It's tough, to very honestly, because we don't we aren't the social agency in Nova Scotia as they are in some other places. We have to rely on the provincial government, and mm-hmm. we've had a very productive relationship over the past couple of weeks, saying, "Look, these are the things we need. We have service providers, we have volunteers, and uh, we want nobody should live in a tent." And we now that we have the opportunity for them to leave those uh, tents, we can then have the parks and uh, areas that are free for everybody to use. And that's our goal for a a harmonious society. Do you think, and I'll ask you all this, but I'll start with you, Mayor Savage, are encampments, you see them coast to coast in big cities, in small communities. Are they now a way of life in our urban centers? I don't think we should normalize it. I don't think we should allow it. But I think we have to understand that there is absolutely a homelessness uh, crisis. Uh, Minister Fraser, to his credit, recently said, we will never solve the housing issue in Canada if we don't solve the encampment issue. So you asked earlier, what do we want from the feds? I'm hoping that in the federal uh, budget that there will be significant investments in homelessness. I, I expect every mayor around the table on Monday would tell you that homelessness is always on their mind. That, you know, we as mayors, we don't want to be mayors of cities where people have to live in tents. We have to work together and find solutions, because I think the solutions are there. there. There is no perfect, but there certainly is a lot better. Patrick Brown, what does it say about our country, a wealthy country like Canada, that encampments are a huge part of, of life uh, in many of our cities, and not just big cities, in smaller communities as well? Yeah, it's a, it's a tragedy. It's a failure um, for a country as prosperous as Canada to be seeing this on a permanent basis. You know, in, in Peel region, where Brampton's located, we have a permanent encampment outside of our a shelter system um, on Dundas. And you know, what is even more harrowing, um, given the surge in asylum claimants, it is largely um, asylum claimants from Africa, ill-prepared for the winter. We've already had two fatalities outside of our shelter system. And it just, it's heartbreaking. Do you wear some of that failure? 
Yes, um, but 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 I have to tell you, you know, municipalities are not allowed to um, to run a deficit, and right now, just to support this, um, you know, last year we spent twenty six million to support asylum claimants. We got ten million in funding. This year, we're looking at sixty three million. So essentially, um, you know, this is a responsibility we've never had. We're not getting the funding for. Um, and it's just another illustration of how everything falls on the backs of municipalities and and we're ill-equipped to prepare for it, to, 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 to handle it. And it's why when FCM is saying, you know, we're eight, we're eight cents on the dollar and we have more and more responsibility, this is about people's lives. You know, there's real cases where people are, are losing their lives because they're outside in the cold, um, ill-prepared for it. Brenda Locke, the federal housing advocate said that unhoused people have a fundamental right to live in encampments if they can't find anywhere else to live. Are you comfortable with that? Not at all. Uh, not at all. Where should and, they, where should uh, they go Surrey, then? If they, if they don't have anywhere to live and the shelters are full, where should they go? Well, and, and that, therein lies the challenge. So am I comfortable, comfortable with it? No, it's gut-wrenching. But I can tell you I've had to uh, look away when I see um, housing that I know is completely inadequate. And I'm not talking about tents, I'm talking about uh, motels. I was just at one recently that should uh, we should condemn, quite honestly, we should bulldoze. But I can't, because if I do that, I know those people will end up on the street. So it is uh, really, really something that uh, is, it's hurtful to uh, mayors and um, something that we have to grapple with every single day. But uh, do I think people should be living in, in uh Tents and parks? Absolutely, absolutely not. It's uh, it's gut wrenching. We do move people. I can tell you in Surrey, um, we're we are building uh, more shelters as as fast as we can. We do have a great team of uh, NGOs in our city that are helping to provide housing as well. But boy, I'll tell you, it's something that we're uh, we're working on every single day. What does it say about us? This is the question that I asked. Um, Patrick Brown, what does it say about about us that that this is because you will hear people who will be yelling at the radio right now saying you're the mayor do something about this the the, the the housing can't be built fast enough the result of that is that people feel they have nowhere else to go but to sleep in an encampment that you say is unacceptable so what does it say about us that we're in this bind um, it does say it does say to us that we as a society have to uh, grapple with that but it's it's far greater than just housing it's it's all kind of pieces it's it's issues around uh, law enforcement about drugs and addiction and there is so many components to this that I think uh, there is no simple answer and everybody always, would prefer the simple answer. There is not a simple answer. We certainly do need to put more housing in, or more money into social housing. No question about that. Patrick Brown, when housing takes up so much attention and resources, it, it consumes a lot of oxygen for all the obvious reasons. But what does that mean for other pressing issues in your city? Housing isn't the only thing that's top of the list uh, or that's, that's top of mind, certainly, in, in Brampton. No, but I certainly think the federal government, provincial governments can handle uh, a myriad of issues at the at the same time. You know, obviously there's there's other big issues right now. We've seen a surge in, in auto thefts. We are dealing with extortions right now in in, in Peel and Edmonton and in Surrey as well. So there are other real challenges we're facing as a community. What my worry though is is when you're having to use your 
limited budget that that is capped in law, that you can't run a deficit, you're essentially taking from other critical programs to subsidize what is not our historic responsibility. And so, you know, whether that is a, a, a low-income dental program, whether that's public transit, um, it, whether it's, it's public safety, you're taking from other programs uh, that are already underfunded. And so, you know, municipalities face a crisis when you know, we don't have a proper growth framework. What's going well in your city? One of the things that happened during the pandemic was that there are dire predictions that people would flee the cities. The cities are going to crumble. They're going to be you know wastelands where people wander around through empty storefronts and what have you. That there has been a bounce back in many urban centers. What's going well in Brampton, Patrick Brown? Well, we've seen extraordinary growth um, in our local economy um, in, in in housing. So what's going well is that you know we've. We can't keep up, um, and you know we have a one percent industrial um, vacancy rate. Uh, we have essentially zero uh, commercial vacancy, and so we're creating jobs, we're creating economic activity. People want to be in Canada's big cities, um, but with that success comes the challenge of 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 how you support it. You know we have the fastest growing transit system on a per capita basis in the country. You know people during COVID used um, used public transit, and that growth has has continued. If anything, you know I I, I think COVID showed how reliant Canadians are on on our big cities. But for you, Mike Savage, I ask you this in part because you recently announced that that after 12 years as Halifax mayor, you're not going to seek another term. How do you feel about the state that you're leaving your city in? Well, there's no question that the city's done very well in the last 10 years or so. Our population has exploded. We've become a, a tech hub. Uh, we've invested in key uh, pieces of municipal infrastructure that uh, were necessary. But our population has just taken off. It was largely driven by immigration, and then it was from other parts of Canada during COVID that came to to Halifax. So, um, you know, we can, we, you know, we had a stagnant economy a decade or so ago. We overcame that, and we can overcome these challenges working with other orders of government. We're also a city that had the worst fires in our history last year and the worst flooding in our history last year. We've become a four-season disaster city, but we're still a beautiful city. People are flocking here. They want to be here. We just need to make sure that when they get here that we can provide the services that they need to live a good life, that they can afford a home, that we reduce homelessness, that we take climate change seriously. Our economic plan is called People, Planet, Prosperity. That's where we see this city uh, going. It's Mm -hmm. been the greatest honor of my life to serve the people of Halifax, and uh, I still love the job. It's just time for me to move on and somebody else to come in. Brenda Locke, last word to you. I mean, again, in the face of, of all the doom and gloom around cities, what's going well in Surrey? Well, certainly in Surrey, it is not doom and gloom. It is, uh, Surrey is growing uh, as as are the other cities, but we are growing by and bounds and um, and there is high energy in Surrey and enthusiasm for the, for the future. We are uh, looking um, festivals and we are seeing record number of people coming out to to the different events that we have. People love their city and uh, they participate in it. Our uh, economic uh, engine is, uh, is going along quite well mm. and um, we're developing new industrial lands which is getting taken up quickly and so there's a lot of a lot of enthusiasm and energy in our city. It's just good to talk about the, 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 the good things that are happening in the face of real challenges and big wicked challenges that have to be dealt with as well. I'm glad to speak with you all about it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. From east to west, Mike Savage is mayor of Halifax, Patrick Brown, mayor of Brampton, Ontario, and Brenda Locke is the mayor of Surrey, British Columbia. 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.